Welcome to episode 41 of From the Shed End Podcast with myself, T-Dark. And as always, I'm joined with by Theo and Haydar. So how are you both doing? Very well. Um, it's all right here in um, sunny Feltham. <laughs> we got our old man up there in, in Dubai. So, you know, yeah. it's all going good. <laughs> Holiday and lifestyle is good. Football results, not so good. So balance is out really. But yeah, still out here in Dubai. It's sunny going to the beach every day so I can't complain too much yeah that's not too bad and yeah that's 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 good that's good we've, um, lo- we've lost image T oh you lost the image yep so right, it's probably a good thing to be fair but um yeah no I was just saying um yeah it's obviously good to be out in Dubai obviously um much better than grey cloudy rainy windy England at the moment but um yeah, let's let's start off. Obviously, for those who are listening on audio, you can follow us on our socials from the shed end on Twitter and from the shed end with underscores between each of the words on uh, Instagram as well and YouTube. You can also find us if you just search for from the shed end. You should be able to find us on there as well. So like and subscribe. Let us know your thoughts as well. Um, obviously, we want to hear what you think about what we're going to talk about in today's episode. But let's get into it. Wednesday. Let's start on a high. Let's let's not let's not depress ourselves anymore. It's Friday. But arguably, I think we saw Timo Werner's best performance in a Chelsea shirt against Zenit. Haydar, I'll come to you first. Would you would you agree? I'd say it was the most clinical performance. Um one thing he hasn't I think he hasn't lacked in from the beginning, we can all agree on, is is his effort every time he plays, the runs he makes, um, you know, just constantly working from the front, pressing. But we've always wanted him to have that end product of, you know, taking the initiative himself, making decisions to beat defenders and, and just finish the ball easy. You know, the compilations we saw at, at Leipzig, uh, you know, I, I kind of saw that against Zenit. Uh, so in terms of his best performance, I would say definitely his most clinical. And going forward, if, if you know, if he picks up this sort of form, it could, could really help us out. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Fia, what, what do you think? What do you think in terms of his performance on Wednesday? I'm on mute. Sorry, yep, I was on go. mute there. <laughs> um, alongside Kepa, I thought he's one of our best players on Wednesday. I thought he was clinical, like Haidar said. I think he's our player now since he's joined Chelsea of the most goals. I think 34 goal contributions, 17 goals and 17 assists since he's joined Chelsea. So the numbers are very decent for him. But I think it's just when we signed him, we just expected him to be that you know, 20 goal a season striker that we were, you know, he was proving to be in the Bundesliga. But, um, but yeah, if he carries on with performances like that, then um, it, it's promising. But then you just start to wonder if he's more suited to European football than Premier League football, maybe. That's another question we have to ask. I felt like, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but he did well in a two, two up front, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, out wide on the left. I feel like when he is in and around six yard books, something could happen. Whereas if we're asking him to pick up the ball wide and, you know, somehow turn into Eden Hazard where he's able to dribble through people and then give us an end product. um, I think that's where perhaps uh, he's got weaknesses. So going forward, I think it's definitely to think of, you know, him and Lukaku as a two. I think, I think that worked quite well because even even Lukaku fed off him quite well. And, you know, I think it was in the first minute or two and, 
they were just linking up. They were just linking up and yeah. 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 Uh, I think that as well, going back to Lukaku into Milan, I, I've always said, I think he works better when he's playing with two, you know, a second striker almost up front with him. He had Martinez at, um, into Milan and it worked really well. And I think, I agree with you, you know, I think in terms of what we got to see from him um, against Zenit, you know, you get that early goal and you kind of almost think to yourself, oh, how many are we going to score tonight? That was the first thing I thought when that first goal goes in, you think might be a bit of a cricket score. You're optimistic. And then, uh, yeah, it was just, a, I think from that, that was probably the best moment of the game for me from a Chelsea perspective, if I'm honest. I don't think there was much more. Kepa was brilliant as always um, when he when he's played on the two call. I thought he had a really good performance, but uh, I think uh, the game was lost for me in midfield. And, uh, you know, it was hard It was hard to see because obviously the changes again that we spoke about on here, there were forced changes from two call. He had to make those changes, but that's where the game's won and lost for me, in my opinion. This is, uh, sorry to jump in there, but this is what I feel was a criticism of, of the modern day manager for me, that the flaws in the, in the way they manage comes with if they don't have the exact personnel for a system. Because um, when they do have, you know, the perfect 11 for a system, it, it's, all, it's all good, you know, like when we're all fit and we've got Jorginho in the middle, Kovacic, ball carriers, people that battle, people that, you know, can pass between lines then you see that these modern day managers system, it flourishes. But the second, you know, and, and we, and we are injury, we are hit with injuries. You know, there, there's no doubt about that. There's to have three or four midfielders and even, even Loftus-Cheek got injured before the, before the game started. So, so that is terrible luck, but it, it is a flaw going forward. And I think other teams will jump onto that very quickly. You know, w- w- if we continue to have these injuries, like you said to you know, we lost it in that midfield. We we were, you know, we had we had Barkley playing centre mid for a bit. Saul was on the left. He was very disorganised, um, and they took advantage of that and they grew in the game, didn't they? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Talk to me, Theo, about Kepa because I know you you play goalkeeper. What was um what was your thoughts on him? Because like I said, I thought he was really impressive. He pulled off. So I think they could have been three one up before half time, if we're honest. But what was your thoughts on Kepa? I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think it's his first game probably since around October time when he played against Southampton in the cup. And, you know, as a goalkeeper, when you don't get, it's a bit like a, um, not as much, but it's similar to an outfield player. When you don't get much game time, you're on a training pitch, you wait out one game, you want to prove yourself to the manager that you can be in this first team. And for me, it's t- he took his chance and he probably, now Tuchel's got a dilemma, you know, whether to play him against Leeds. And I think he does deserve a shout to play, uh, a chance to play against Leeds in the Premier League. Three standout saves for me on uh, against Zenit. The two one-on-ones, which, which he shut down really well. Particularly, I think, the second one where he stuck his hand out and, you know, prevented the player to kind of, you know, get above his, um, his body. And then the, the, the save from a header was fantastic. You know, the reflex to get quite low and to, you know, just tip it away, not only to save it, but to push it out of, you know, out of trouble. And out of the danger area was fantastic. And um, he's growing in confidence as well. And I think the last season and this season, he's really grown in, in confidence, whether that's too core. Cool. You can you see know, it in his body language, can't body you? Body language as well. He looks yeah. more kind of com- confident, you know, coming out to get catch balls. One point of criticism still from a goalkeeping perspective, just how like I criticised Mendy for his distribution, which I think Kepa is better at than Mendy. But Kepa still needs to maybe do a bit better from shots from distance. You know, that last shot, I'm not going to criticise him because it was a fantastic volley. But, you yeah. know, you do wonder if maybe Mendy is slightly taller and, you know, more dominant when it comes to, you know, punching, uh, uh, 
saving these shots from distance, whether he may be clearing, um, saving that one. But then again, may, maybe Mendy's not saving the header one or the one and one So, you know, I think he's a fantastic goalie. And I think in the summer, we've got a big problem because you've got two goalkeepers that, in my opinion, are first choice, you know, goalkeepers and should be starting every single game. So um, I do want to see Kepa play a bit more football, and especially in this busy December month. And when Mendy's slowly dipped in form as well, I think it's the perfect chance for him to prove himself. Do you agree with that, Hida? I agree to an extent in terms of I would like to see him uh, perform more, perhaps uh, keep him in the cup games. Um, but I do think it's quite soon to jump on uh, Mendy's back, especially when you look at his record. You know, if we're going to judge him off perhaps the last two games, then 100%, you know, you would you would look at perhaps bringing in Kepa. But I think a lot of where we are right now and, and what we've achieved under uh, Tuchel is because of Mendy. And if we just go back, if we just go back before Mendy, um, you know, it, it was it was a disaster. You know, every time we went on the pitch, there was a mistake. We were conceding goals for fun, and we were praying for days where we'd we'd have a solid keeper that's you know is trustworthy before the sticks. Now, obviously, taking taking Kepper out of the team, as you know, it's, it's evidence it's taught him it's taught him a lesson. I, I do um, agree. But, I just want to say, sorry to interrupt, but like. To arguably, Kepa's never really played with Kristen, um, with Rudiger, Christensen, and Thiago Silva in a back three in the in the Tuchel system, which has looked really solid defensively. So maybe you know he deserves a chance to prove himself in that system where we've looked a lot, you know, forget the last f- four or five games, but before then where we looked really really comfortable defensively. So you know, there's maybe a chance for him to you know say. I do deserve a the I mean, old game. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. On the he's knocking. There's, there's, I do agree. I feel more yeah. confident, you know, watching Chelsea as a Chelsea fan with Mendy in goal. But I do think Kepa deserves a couple of games, maybe to prove to Mendy that listen, yeah. you, there's healthy competition out there on the bench. You're not like the first choice goalkeeper guaranteed yet. You'll get your chance again. But for now, we've got Kepa who's playing some brilliant performances and who should be starting, especially when he's got he's high in confidence after that performance in Russia. I think he deserves to start on uh, Saturday against Leeds. I mean, as as like as a keeper yourself, you you, you kind of don't need to be told things. No. I think Mendy, Mendy's sitting there in training or, or on the bench, and and you know he doesn't need anybody to tell him. You know, your next your next performance or your next two performances will be vital. You know, he knows. He knows. This, this man is waiting. He's pouncing. Mm. He's waited his chance. He's been, he's been there for months now, if over if not you know over a year. So it, that's healthy. That's healthy going forward. That type of competition is healthy because. You could argue Mendy got comfortable. You, you could, you know, you, there was a period where, you know, as Chelsea fans, we're sitting there saying best keeper in the world. You know, he should be getting all these awards and, and you know, and players read that, you know, the players hear this sort of things and, and it, and it perhaps it does feed on the ego a bit. So, you know, there is an argument for perhaps him getting comfortable in this kind of being a little shake up for him. And, uh, you know, from the perspective of the club, I think that's a very healthy situation to be in. I can't agree more. I think it's a good thing that we've got to, you know, we've been crying out for goalkeepers for, for so long. They're like buses and then you get two that a pretty decent. So I think it's a good thing, very much like the, the Chilwell and Alonso comparison that we've got two brilliant left wing backs or left backs. I think it's brilliant that we've got two goalkeepers and even Bentonelli, obviously he's not really going to feature that much, but to even have him as the, the third choice for me is a, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant luxury to have as a, as a Chelsea fan. But I wanted to talk, before we move on and it kind of links into the two but I wanted to talk about Melang Sar who 
for me, I, I don't know. I'm still mixed about him in terms of does he fit what we're trying to do at Chelsea? Is he good enough to be a centre-back at Chelsea? Uh, obviously, the obvious thing is his height for me. I think he's not the tallest in terms of centre-backs. But I just think as well, I don't think it helped. Christensen got a lot of the criticism, in my opinion, against the Zenit. And I, I put that down to probably the fact that he was playing with Melangsar. Saul was at left uh, left wing back. So it was an unnatural um, preferred choice for Tuchel and obviously the, the, center, the three centre-backs. But um, what did you think, Theo, in terms of Melangsar? Was what was your thoughts on his performance? I, mean, I don't want to just point to a single player because I think that was a very weakened starting eleven, And, you know, the fact that he had Barkley and Rhys James in midfield decent players but they're not they're no Kante they're no Jorginho it probably doesn't help you know your defenders and your goalkeeper but I do agree amongst the defenders we've got Saad does look you know probably the most you know uncomfortable in his system and he's not used to the system as well he's not playing a lot of football he's um I think I read recently that you know towards the end of his spell at Porto last season he was training with the reserves I don't know if that's because Porto were quite far in the knockout stages of the Champions League he, he didn't have a future at Porto whether he had, it was attitude problems whether, you know, the manager just didn't rate him. But, um, you know, I think Milan, Inter Milan and I think even AC Milan are interested in him in um, in January, potentially. But I think he's a brilliant player to have in the squad, you know, to play these type of games that you don't actually need maybe the three points as importantly as maybe a Premier League fixture, you know, on the following weekend. So I think to play him in the cup games, the FA Cup, you know, early stages and these type of Champions League group stage games, I'm perfectly fine with that. But if, you know, you, you were to play him, you know, against a Liverpool in the league where we're desperate for the three points or not to drop points, then I'd feel a bit, I'd feel a bit more, you know, less, less comfortable having him in that back three. Um, whether he's got a future at Chelsea, I would not be able to tell you. What, what's your thoughts, Hedo? Do, do, you, do you think we should keep him? Yeah, hindsight's obviously, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, once we're watching football and, we, and we're seeing our team being dominated, it's, it's very easy to to forget the situation we're in. Uh, you know, our manager put out that team on purpose, you know, because we are through. And that, and that, and that is the reality of the situation, you know. And, and and history has taught us in the Champions League, finishing first or finishing second, there isn't much there isn't much difference anymore. You know, you, you might get lucky with a draw here, there, but, you know, if we, if we get Lil in the draw next, we're going to sit there and say this, you know, Tommy worked miracles. You know, he, he got us second on purpose. So we, it's, it's all about perspective, you know. Um, so in terms of exactly what Theo said, as a, as a, backup, as a backup defender, I think uh, he's needed. He's definitely needed right now. Whether we can go into the market and perhaps, um, you know, intensify that kind of uh, uh, competition, I think that is needed too. Because if I'm Rudiger right now or I'm Thiago Silva or... Or I'm, or I'm, uh, was it Chalabar? I will be thinking, you know, he ain't taking my spot. Mm. He, you know, he's not taking, and that's not, and that's not good, you know, because we're just talking about the keepers right now in terms of, in terms of competition. So even for backup, you, you would like to have backups who are challenging, who are pushing, and not just, you know, comfortable with being thrown in once we've qualified for a game or, or, you know, in a cup game. So going for, he, he looks sloppy. Let's be real. He looks he looks very sloppy. He looks like you know his his concentration levels. Um, he reminds me of Rudiger in the Lampard era. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just very erratic, um, clumsy, clumsy. Not not very calculated. You know, he's he's not sitting there planning. You know, the play and yeah, that can come down to you know growth. 
that can come down to you know personal personal skills. But I think going forward, I would replace him. To, to, to answer that, I, I would I would replace. Him. I can't see him. I can't see him cementing a spot in our in our defence for two, three, four, five years to come. I wouldn't mind seeing him have a Premier League loan rather than go to Inter Milan. I wouldn't mind seeing him at a Southampton, a Leeds. Yeah. That's a shout too. A West Ham. West Ham are probably don't need him right now, but you know, it's a lower you, league Premier. What do you think of him, T? I just, yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's a decent enough centre back to beat Chelsea. I think he's again, arguably very similar to Saul. I think both very good players. I just don't think they're the quality that Chelsea need. And I think especially with the, the contract situations that we've got at the moment in terms of Christensen hasn't signed his deal yet. There's no news on Thiago Silva's really good. Looks like he's leaving. Um, Aspiaqueta still hasn't signed a new deal. There's four defenders there that you potentially out of those four might, even if you lose one in, and in, Worst case, that's Rudiger, who is more likely out of the four to go. You still need a, a very good centre-back to replace Rudiger. And you need someone who's going to come in. Let's talk about Wesley Fofana still. Not a bad shout, but is Melangsar that sort of player that you would, if we didn't sign one, would you then trust Melangsar to play week in, week out in the back three? Personally, I wouldn't. So I think we have to look at the, the system as well. You know, uh, we need ball-playing centre-backs. There's no two ways about it. You know, the way we set up is is for our centre-backs to be completely, completely comfortable on the ball, to be completely comfortable taking one or two touches and then away it goes, to be completely comfortable to play between the lines confidently. And he doesn't seem to have that. We, I mean, we all watched it. It doesn't seem to have that. He gets nervous. He panics. Um, he'll tend to clear balls rather than, you know, uh, uh, play through lines. And when he does pass, it seems like, there was one, I think there was one pass to Barkley where he lost the ball and it was like, he had no right to pass that ball to Barkley and it put him in a lot of bother and he lost the ball and then they countered us. Um, and, and these are all things that a defender needs to calculate in the, in our type of system. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that game on Wednesday was lost, I said in midfield, but you got to look at the defenders. The defence on that day was another massive factor why we lost. I think Malang Saw played, I think for the, Second goal, I think. I think it's a hash clearance from Saul. We don't clear the ball. And I think it, we, everyone's in the line to try and get the offside. And then Melangsar's playing everyone onside. So just little things like that. I think, you know, like you said about his concentration as well. I think that's been noted a lot of the times when he has had an opportunity to play for Chelsea. And I just think, you know, again, if we lose a Rudiger, I'm not necessarily looking to see Melangsar come in and fill that void or... If he's not he's, if he's not able to fill the void, then what is his purpose in the club? If it's just cup competitions and um, the our Premier League game, then that's great. But we need someone who's able to step up if we do lose a Rudiger. And we haven't technically got that really. We've got the luxury of Chalabar, who's doing really well. I'd assume Thiago Silva's going to sign a deal. Same with Aspie as well. But if we do lose Rudiger, that's a massive void in the way that he's been playing recently for Chelsea as well. So Milan Sarr isn't that player. And if he is just there to, to win a couple of trophies and play the cup games and the odd league game, then that's great. But we, we ideally you want someone who, if you lose a player, you want, you want to be able to bring someone in straight away. That's already in the club that knows the system already. And is up to speed with the game that we're trying to, you know, the, the, the formation and tactics that we're trying to play. Melangsar isn't that play for me. So it's worrying that, you know, we're getting to what middle of December and these four players can start talking to other clubs in a couple of weeks. And it's it's the consistency as well, you know, because 
I think he started against, was it Brentford? He so, played yeah. Against, yes, and it, and yeah, it wasn't yeah. the worst performance in the world. He was it decent, actually. He was decent. Yeah, then. It was decent, but, you know, to make it at, at the level we're asking for him to make it at, you have to then show consistency in your in your levels, you know, and that's and that's how managers end up trusting you. And it, and, it, and again, I think it just seems to come down to him with with the concentration levels for me. Be an interesting one to see. Obviously, like I said, you know, a couple of weeks time, it might be that he's playing week in week out. If we lose, well, we won't lose the defender in the in the January. But you kind of see that there's things going on behind the scenes. You know, no one signed those deals yet. We were told by Tuchel a couple of weeks ago that, you know, he might have a bit of news for us. He's not sure how long it's going to take. But like I said, we're cutting into that point now where January comes and, you know, Rudiger's probably going to be the first point of call for a lot of clubs to try and entice him away from, from Chelsea. And then you've got to think about, you know, Rudy, um, Thiago Silva, is he is he going to sign another year? I, I'd like him to, because I think the experience just in the dressing room alone would be beneficial to whoever comes in to potentially replace Rudiger as well. But um, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. I feel like we lost that game. It felt like we didn't even lose it. That's that's how... Yeah, that's the... Yeah. That's, that's, that's the mentality I've got. We didn't lose it, but it feels like a loss to me, very much like the West Ham games where, you know, we we did go on to lose that. But these kind of these kind of games where, we're, where, where we should be in control and we're losing the game or drawing game, whatever, whatever reason, you know, when we get the game to three, two, at that opportunity, those defenders need to be, regardless of who it is at the, in the back, where it's whoever, really go whoever, that defense has to be, has to be spot on, has to be spot on. Can't, can you hear us? We can't, we can't hear you at the moment. Oh, it's frozen. Can you hear me, Fio? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, what I was what I was thinking as well was, you know, it's very easy to sit there thinking, you know, the defenders are, are, are leaky and, and stuff like that. But when you look at the midfielders in front of them, That's, yeah. and, and, and and we do know football, you know, it's 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 a, it's a team game. You can sit there and blame defenders all you want, but if you haven't got that protection in front of you to to stop counterattacks, because as we know, our our fullbacks play very high. So there's always gaps between the lines. And if your midfielders aren't reading those gaps, if they're not, you know, pressing high enough, then, then you know, Zenit were attacking our defenders in numbers. Mm. No, 100%. We, we were playing a Zenit side, arguably had nothing to lose. They were guaranteed Europa, I think. They couldn't qualify. And we played a very weakened 11, a team that probably never played together with this yeah. full 11 and probably will never play together again. And as you said, I think the, the game was lost in midfield. You're starting Rhys James and... and um, I don't know, was yeah, it Marcel? Barkley. Barkley for me is not centre midfielder. He's not. He's no. not. You know. And then it just also shows how much we rely on Kovacic, Jorginho and Kante. And those three players for me are probably the most important players to this two-core system. And without, that's, you know, that's one, that's one or two of the three, we look, you know, lost, even when Loftus-Cheek was playing there alongside Jorginho, it was decent, but it just wasn't to the level of when you'd have a Kante and no. Kovacic or a Kante and Jorginho. So for me, um, if when we do play whoever one of Ajax, Lille, Real Madrid or um, or Bayern Munich in February, I think we need to have all three of those centre midfielders fit. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and again, it just goes back to um, you know uh, our manager system. Mm. Uh, you know, you can't just throw in anyone and and expect them to just understand the role. 
in a system that that pivot in Chelsea's system is is the core of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you know a lot of a lot of people criticise Jorginho for his recent mistakes, and individual mistakes in that position will happen. They will. Fat- they will always, fatigue they will, as well. A lot of fatigue yeah. in that team. Yeah, they will always happen because you're that kind of, you know, if you lose it, it's an attack, and if you and if you break the line, we're now attacking. So you're you, you're the core, like I said, and. I think a lot of people now, hopefully they'll realise how important he is to the system. You know, Jorginho, and it's, and it's the simple passes. It's the simple passes of, of not complicating things. You know, one touch away between lines, and that sets the foundation for our, our attackers. Our, he sets the tempo. Our, he sets the tempo of the game as well. Yeah. And obviously the intensity of, of Kovacic and, and Kante, it's, it's unmatched. It's yeah. unmatched, not just in our squad, I think around the world it's unmatched. I couldn't agree more. I don't know what happened to my camera there, so apologies, but uh, I heard everything you said anyway, and I agree, 100% I agree with that. But um, we've got a big game. I think, Theo, we called it a must-win game in our last episode, and I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a must-win game. Leeds United. They've got a few players out. I think Patrick Bamford's injured, Um Phillips is injured, injured as, well. as well. Is he not bad, Bamford? No, he got injured in his previous. I think he scored and then he came off. So I think he's got like a, a, a thigh injury or some sort of strain. Was it a celebration or something? He got injured in a celebration. <laughs> possibly, possibly. I wouldn't be surprised to be fair. But um, I know Liam Cooper's, I think, out as well. But we're looking at... Pete, Rafinha? Rafinha, is he fair? I think it's touch and go. Um, yeah, I think it's touch and go. Um, but we've got Timo Werner, Lukaku... My question to Haydar, would you start them as you did against Zenit? Yeah, I, I would on, start on them. I, I, I 100% would start them together as, as a two. I'd go with three in the middle um, of the park because I think we do kind of need that insurance now of, of, for the defence as well. But what I will say is this is, you know, Leeds aren't in the greatest form especially, you know, in comparison to perhaps last season. But one thing a Bielsa team is going to give you is intensity. And, 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 and we all know that, you know, and, and that's going to be a big challenge for our midfield because one thing they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to look at us and they're going to say their, my, their main boys aren't in the midfield so they can be got at, you know. And, and, and if, you, if you, you know, you, you sprint at these guys the way they lead, lead sprint and they're workaholics and, you know, their intensity, they're, they're going to think that there's something there for them to take. So for me, it's, it's, you know, it's less about who we may put up front, but that midfield for us against Leeds is vital. Is vi- and that's where, again, it may, might be similar to Zenit game, but that's where we're going to win or lose that game. I think a question which Thomas Tuchel might, might be answering as we record right now, but um, just in terms of that midfield, obviously you'd expect Jorginho to potentially come back into there with probably Saul alongside him. And Theo, I know we've we've sort of said in the past that it's it's a tricky one with Saul because when he plays, he tends to he doesn't look like he's fitting into that Chelsea system at all. Who who would you have there if you had the option? Jorginho comes back in. Who would you put next to to Jorginho? Loss his cheek if he's fit potentially. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't know how serious that injury in the warm up of the Zenit game was. I think like um, the Jorginho. Um, issue he'll be answering that question now whether he's fit or not for tomorrow but um let's say he's not let's say he's not fit and and Reece James sort of let's Reece say James. he's not fit what Loftus-Cheek yeah 
I, I think That's I'd start it. either. I'd start either. I don't mind seeing Sal again. I think he's getting more game time now. He's building momentum. Theo, come on. No, no. come on. I, Re- really, like he's he's terrible. He's he's that like I'm, again. I'm not trying to jump on some sort of witch hunt or something, but I, I honestly think he's he's not up to scratch. He's, he's so just not. Who there. would you start? Who would you start if he's if, if Jorginho's fit and he's the only fit centre mid? Then what you said first, I, I would go Reece with. James. I'd either go with Reese James or I'd put Mason yeah. in there. Mason Mount. I'd mm. put Mason Mount in there because for me, he's going to give me more intensity. And again, we need to go back to the team we're playing and set up to to the team we're playing because I think it's arrogant of us to just sit there and say we're going to go and we're going to play with our personnel and they have to just you know feed off us because teams teams are going to learn. You know, if you look at West Ham. It was their intensity that beat us. They didn't. They didn't outplay us. You know, they didn't. They, they didn't play better than us. It was just from and minute one. Yeah, yeah. From minute one <laughs> till the end, it was just high intensity. And I think when you look at players in our team, Reese James, Mason Mount, comfortable players, and 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 they're, and they're less likely to be intimidated. They're less likely to be bullied. And I think Saul, you know, in the first five minutes, if he gets a couple of challenges, that's it. You know, if he if he gets a couple of slight tackles, gets pushed off the ball, I think that's it for him. His game will be done. The the, the problem that I have with putting Reese James in midfield is you're shifting one area where we've got an issue, and then you're expecting Aspiaqueta in an intense game, which it will be, to then have to do a lot of running. And we know that he hasn't got the legs at the moment. Well, not at the moment. He just hasn't got the legs anymore to do that um, that that running. I, I agree, Sal wouldn't be the answer for me. I, again, and to bring Mason Mount back into that midfield, you're losing that creativity going forward then as well. So it's a tough one. I, personally, I, I, I don't want to see Sal because I think he's had the options in there. And, and I think if we put him in there, he, like, he will get bullied in that midfield. And that worries me. Or you'll be Elsa in that changing room and, and you know, you, you see Sal... In, in in the Chelsea lineup. Oh, you're rubbing your hands. You're going to grab your centre mid, and you're going to be like yeah. all over him, boys. I, I want I want a yeah. firm challenge in the first twenty seconds. Be in his ear, rough him up. You know, just unsettle him. And and it's you know, and it's it's a risk. It's a it's a huge huge risk because if we end up losing this game or we end up drawing this game, we're now looking at you know a bit Top of bad four. form turning into you know something of 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 an issue. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. I think it's it's going to be difficult because who else can you play there apart from Reese James or Mason Mount? You know, who, who do you look at? Look at is one of the, Chalabar, one of the... Uh, injured still? I think he'll be think injured so. still. I think he'll be actually... injured. I was reading on Twitter this morning, there's a chance that if our midfield injury crisis carries on, we might recall Billy Gilmore in January. About to ask that. That was my yeah. next question. I think... I think if we carry on with these injuries, in fact, forget the injuries. I think that should be an, an option because we've got a long season. We've seen, go. yeah, because uh, you know, a month or so ago, we said. Well, I know Theo. Theo was a um, advocate of uh, that's the that's the Adan, yeah? <laughs> Theo was an advocate of um, giving Saul a chance, and and fair enough, you know, especially because we hadn't seen much of him back then, and. I think now that we have now that we have seen it, I think the answers are on the wall for us in terms of January. Um, I don't think there's going to be some sort of miracle where he turns into you know 
one of our best players. So I'd definitely look at recalling Gilmore rather than Gallagher. If we haven't seen anything from Saul at the moment, that sort of, even a, a, a glimpse of what he might have, to be given his credit on against Zenit, he did get forward. He did have a couple of shots. He did impress me a little bit for five or 10 minutes. But I expect that when he's playing left back, if we're putting him in midfield and he's not doing it and he hasn't done it, it worries me. And he, wor- he worries me because he, he picks up, he does a lot of fouling as well. And that's the kind of game where if you get sent off and you've got 10 men and you're, you're playing a Leeds team that have love to get forward. T, doesn't yeah. that tell you something though, that his natural, his supposed natural position is sentiment and mm. we're completely short in that position, but the manager is playing him out of position. You know, that, that, that's, that's, that's a big sign for me because he's trusting an attacking midfielder in Ross Barkley, who isn't, who isn't a defensive midfielder. Let's, let's be clear about that. Nor has he ever played like that, played there in his life. And yeah, Reese James, you know, we're lucky that we have a, a player like him who is so versatile, but again, not his natural position. And you're choosing two players who, who, who don't normally play there over someone who, you know, that's his, that's his preferred position. That, that shows you where the manager's mind is with him as well and, and how, how he can't be trusted in that midfield. So we're, we're all in favour of getting Billy Gilmore back in January. I think that's got to happen. It's a shame for Dean Smith because I like Dean Smith as a manager, but we've got to put Chelsea first above above Norwich and they're down anyway, so who cares? And he's a ball player. Yeah. yeah. He's a ball player. He's, he might not be a lot of things, but he's he's a proper ball player. And I think I think he might even add to our team, honestly. It wouldn't be a bad idea just to get rid of Saul and bring back Gilmore because technically you're not losing out. You're just replacing a, a, a better quality player, a homegrown player, or say homegrown, but a, a, a Chelsea player. And we just off, offload Saul in compensation for that. So uh, it, for me, it's a win-win. Um, but in terms of Leeds, myself, if I had to choose between Mason Matt and Reese James to put in that position, I'd probably use Reese James. Because then you've still got the creativity going forwards. Aspiricueta isn't a, you know, he's not bad. He's just, obviously he hasn't got the legs anymore. You can put so, one of the wingers at fullback, no? I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan. Oh. I don't think Hudson Adore or Pulisic look great when they play wing back. They can fill in for the odd game, but I'd much rather have Rhys James as right wing back, which for me, the answer would be Mason Mount in midfield alongside um, Jorginho. Just and if worse comes to us, for the balance, yeah. the balance, yeah. For the creativity, you know. And if worse comes to us, one more game of Sal. I know I'm going to have mean, my, yeah. my head bitten off by the pair of you, but... <laughs> <laughs> if you look at, you know, the last five or six games, I think... Um, not just from a Chelsea fan perspective, but I think on Twitter you see from a lot of a lot of other fans, Reese James is now being spoken about as one of the best right backs in the world. About um, time, because, yeah, yeah, because he's he's really taking control of that that position and he's really making it his own. So again, like I, I completely agree with you, T. You know, you're fixing one problem, but you're kind of you're shifting it away from, it. and that's where a lot of our goals have come from, and they've been from him. Precisely, you know. Um, so. Uh, yeah, for me, I'd go with I'd go with Mount and Jorginho if Jorginho is the only fit, if if he's the only fit midfielder. Um, Let's hope he's fit because if not, it might be Sal Sal and Reese James in the middle. So we could be we could be talking about something that doesn't even happen, and we haven't even thought about the worst case scenario. But um, before we wrap up, let's let's do predictions. Hey, I'll come to you first. I'm gonna go before it would have been a zero because of our defence but last few games you know we've 
unfortunately mm. just been been a bit leaky. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a comfortable three one. That's that's right. Mm. Oh, I think yeah, exactly like Haidar said, um we look leaky at the back now. So I think it's gonna be quite a close game. I think I'm gonna be two one Chelsea. I'll still back Chelsea, but we will concede. And if anything, I think we'll concede first, maybe. I think it's gonna be what I think it's gonna be one nil. I think it's gonna be one nil. I think I think it'll be I hate one nil games. Yeah, so do I. I think it'll be a very close and to be fair, I was gonna go one one. I don't think we I'd, if if we draw, it depends on the team and it depends who's in midfield, but I think if we can just get a one a one nil, early one nil victory and then defend proper defend, then I think we should be able to see that game out. And I think if we win the game, it will build on momentum for us to be able to then go forward and It'll be it'll be nice to see us. I know Tommy after Tommy Tuchel after uh, the Zenit game, he said something which stood out to me, and it was, um, we lacked aggression in our attack. You know, once once we conceded, it was just kind of, okay, guys, let's, let's just yeah. Or even when we went three two up, it was like, okay, guys, let's just kind of sit. And it's nice to see that he wanted us to to go for it still, and and that was the kind of core of his of his system, that kind of aggression going forward. Don't worry about the back. Because they can't attack us if we're attacking, um, so it'd be nice to see a real dominant, real dominant display on uh, on Saturday. Can I add one final question? Obviously, the draw for the Champions League is on Monday. Who do you want, and who do you want to avoid? Lille, Real Madrid. I'll take Bayern anyone Munich. but Bayern. I'll take anyone but Bayern. Honestly, okay. and that's not that's not being arrogant. I think we've got Real Madrid's number. Um, Ajax, it's, it's Ajax, right, as well? Yeah, Ajax. Ajax and, and Lille. I mean, if we're talking about being a big club and, and you know, having big ambitions, they they should be wins. They should be comfortable wins as well over two legs. Sebastian Haller, though, he's looking like the best striker yeah, yeah, in Europe yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I watched I watched the Bayern-Barca game, albeit Barca very, terrible. a very weak Barca team, but... You know that intensity of Bayern Munich. It's sometimes it, get, it gets a bit too much, and it's from all angles. You got the right wing, left wing def- midfielders, strikers, defenders having pops, and I think sometimes that can, you know, yeah. So just avoid Bayern for me. By you too. I think. Do you know what I think? In in the Champions League, it's it's anyone's. It's anyone's. Especially when you get to this stage. I, I obviously you want to avoid Bayern, but if we get them, I, I'm not. I'm not overly worried. We we tend to turn up when we need to turn up if that makes sense we don't just bottle games we can't really remember the last time we bottled a game especially in the Champions League um, so yeah anyone obviously I wouldn't mind playing Ajax Ajax would be one that I'd like to try and get out of the way be a good away, trip, away trip to Amsterdam see you there boys but if it was obviously like Lille is the, the obvious kind of easy pickings if that's such a thing in football but They'd be my first choice, and then obviously Bayern would be the back end. But I think even if we had Bayern, I think we'd give them a game. I think we'd, I think Thomas Tuchel would be up for it even more than the Chelsea players. They're probably more scared of us than we're scared of them right now. If anything, or oh, four of those yeah. teams. Yeah, on that point though, you do have to you do have to think as well because we're champions of Europe. Whoever we play, they're going to want to prove a point. You know, we're turning up to anyone's back garden. We're turning up as the champions of Europe, and for anyone to have, you know. A victory over us in the Champions League is it's, it's, they're going to be hu- highly, highly motivated. Whoever is, whoever is, mm. going to be extremely motivated to play us, and and we have to take that into account this season. 
Yeah, and one thing that does scare me slightly about Lille is them being a smaller team. When they, if they were to play us, they'd have nothing to lose, and they probably would, you know, play like a great yeah. game of football. And they, they were decent in the group stages. They had an arguably a quite weakened group of, I think, Wolfsburg, Sevilla, and Salzburg, if I'm not mistaken. But um, but yeah, I think all four of those games are tricky in their own way. I'd want to avoid Bayern and maybe, like we said, play an Ajax or Lille. You you got to remember though as well. You look at last season's um, running to the final. Look at the teams we played then and, and the other other fan bases never gave us a chance. They never said, you know, we would beat Real Madrid. We weren't going to beat Atletico Madrid as well. We weren't going to beat City in the final. And we did all of that. So I think I think I in think, those yeah, games, games, it's just who wants it more on the day. I think you we could we, we could play the lesser team and end up actually getting thrashed 6-0, but play Bayern and beat them 2-0. That's it. And, and beating big teams, it, it breeds confidence. You know, if, okay. if, for, if, for example, we were to play a Bayern Munich in the next round, and and we beat them. Let, let's let's have it straight. Every single person will be saying we're favourites for the Champions League, you know, and and that will breed confidence itself. So, you know, it's it's about having faith in the players, faith in the squad, and and not fearing anyone, not fearing anyone except except West Ham. <laughs> That's how we're going to end the episode. But um, for, for those listening on audio, you can follow us on our socials um, on Twitter from the Shed End to search for us on there. Instagram from the Shed End with underscores between each of the words. We've got a competition running on there at the moment. So make sure you check that out as well. Um, and on YouTube as well, you can follow us to search from the Shed End and you should be able to find us on there. So comment, like and subscribe. Let us know your thoughts on our episode. Do you agree with what we're saying? Should Sal Niguez get out of Cobham and go back somewhere else let us know your thoughts and yeah what about Mendy and Kepa because we've got very good luxury of choices there in the goalkeeper department as well and who should we get next in the next round of the Champions League last last 16 is it last last 16 last 16 so yeah this has been episode 41 from the Shedden podcast Theo Haida as always thank you for joining me it's getting a bit dark there Theo so Whenever I get back and chill. I'm having to mute myself because there's the court of prayer going on in the background as well. <laughs> well enjoy the rest of your holiday anyway. And I'm sure we'll, we'll yes. catch up on Sunday. Sunday but, but, yeah, Sunday. He's back Sunday. You can't wait to come back. Yeah, you can see a smile <laughs> on my face right now. <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of From the Shed End Podcast.